0: This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hello, everyone. I am recording this on Friday, November 20th, 2020, the year that will go down in infamy. (laughs) Man, what a year. Thank you all for being patient with me. Yes, the podcasts have not been as regular as I had hoped, but things are changing. There is change in the air. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? All right, that was a bad version of that. You know that song. It was in my head just there. Well, what a time, right? What a time, what a time, what a time to be alive. We are in transition. Oh, on so many levels. (laughs) We are in some sort of transition politically here in America, trying to be in transition, (laughs) but someone is digging their heels in and not letting transition happen while the other is just kind of going about their business and trying to make the normal transition from one administration to another happen. And we're also in transition uh, with the pandemic. We're ramping up here. It's a crazy, crazy time. The third wave is here. And it doesn't feel great, feels scary. I've all my anxiety's back. My April anxiety's back. It's not the same anxiety because my April anxiety was, what the fuck is this? What's going on? We don't know anything. Now, this anxiety is, ooh, I don't want to go anywhere or touch anything because the fucking virus is floating around everywhere now. And I have not known anyone personally who has died from this but many friends of mine have loved ones who have died from this and some family members of mine have tested positive not people who live in my household but close family members so it's alive and well and here we are and then of course we're in transition because it is that time of year It's that transitional time of year. We are in autumn, this time of year where we get to contemplate, you know, the gifts of the year. We get to reap the harvest. We get to take it in. We get to set the table and give thanks. We get to slow down from the high-activity-level feeling of summer as we shift into the more quiet stillness and silence of winter. So transitions are happening. And of course, all of us personally are always in some sort of transition state. It's what life is. Life is a constant cycle of transition. And so I've been noticing some of my transitions, some big ones, some little ones, and wanted to share some of those today. And uh, and just share where I'm at. Talk a little bit about some things that we like to talk about here. Uh, the first thing is uh, one of the things I'm noticing about the election being over, and even though it is still chaotic and uh, feels a little uncertain uh, about, you know, what's going on here. <laughs> There's nothing normal ever, ever about this particular incumbent president. Uh, so, why would this transition be normal? You know, this is really about getting used to the wackadoodleness of chaos. I really feel like, actually, these four years are preparing us for, unfortunately, the long haul of uncertainty and things are no longer normal. And it just came in the form and the shape of Donald Trump. But I think this is the collective experience. We are now officially (laughs) in interesting times, as the Chinese curse says, Uh, But now that the election is over, uh, and the pandemic has been around for, you know, like really around, because here, March, mid-March is when we went into lockdown. So, you know, that's about eight months, right? We knew about it for a few weeks before the March lockdown. You know, we kind of knew about it in the news or whatever, but it really hit home in March. So it's been about eight months, and uh, I got through that. Um in a lot of ways, (laughs) but one constant in my life was my jigsaw puzzles. They uh, helped me bridge the moments of the day where I work from my home. Uh, My husband, Bob, was home for six months, not working in television. He's back to work now. But it like helped to bridge these moments where if I paused too much or didn't have anything really to fill my day, uh, the flood of anxiety would come in. And so in order to, you know, in some kind of constructive way, um, deal with my anxiety, I let my mind and my kind of my whole psyche delve into these jigsaw puzzles. I don't even know how many we've done. All I know is that (laughs) about 2 months ago I started redoing puzzles like just started picking ones like I'm going to redo this one because we were now I, I you know I I think I have 15 puzzles in there a 1000 piece puzzles and I just you know I just love the metaphor of these puzzles right you know I love how psyche right our our whole self both conscious and unconscious mind always searches for wholeness searches for equilibrium searches for some way to be resourced and mine was about um you know putting the pieces together putting the pieces together uh and and really noticing how when I first would start the puzzle you know you start a puzzle and it's like just chaos right your mind can't wrap anything around it you're looking at the picture you know, and you start with the edges, So you start with the border, you start with the boundaries, like, okay, so where does it begin? And where does it end the edges, which is such a great metaphor for life, like when we're starting anything, you know, it's like, how do we define the space? How do we decide on what the thing is that we're doing? Sometimes that comes in like a goal. So like the puzzles, like the goal, like I know that I'm going to have to fill in the space, <laughs> the empty space are in, the, you know, in the middle of this edge that I have created. But at first, you're like looking at all the pieces and they're just, they're not familiar. Your mind hasn't really patterned them yet. It has not come to know them yet. And it hasn't sorted through them. And then as the day goes on or the days go on, depending on how often you visit, how often I would visit the puzzle, I would start to see a shift at some point where I could tell my mind was starting to understand what I was looking for. And of course, that starts with the easy thing like, oh, I'm going to focus on the red house, right? Red is bright, I can see the red pieces, it's a house, it's something concrete, it's not sky, it's not that rivery stuff it's not that endless lawn <laughs> it's a, it's a house and my mind can construct that easier so we kind of look for things that are concrete brighter stand out a bit more to kind of focus ourselves on and then and then once we've kind of done all those kind of pieces like okay i've got the wagon and i've got the house and maybe You know, uh, you know, whatever other kind of object is in the space, the bridge, Um, you know, then we're faced with these more kind of subtle things that are harder to see. And yet, because we've been staring at the pieces and really looking for them and looking at them, some part of our mind, our unconscious mind has been cataloging all this. And now is like, oh, that slight, subtle blue thing is that part of the forest over there. You know, and like suddenly it it stands out. So that which was unrecognizable or not clear is suddenly now foreground. And then slowly, you know, it all comes together. And then I always get to a place with the puzzle where it's now maybe sky or grass or river or something like that. And now it's just about shape. I'm no longer looking at color or the actual picture. I've now categorized things into shape. My little OCD brain takes over. And loves this part you know and so there's like the little h's i call them the little henry's and then there's the little funny men, you know and then there's the four siders and then there's the four innies and and you get all your little pieces you know and then of course you get these weird puzzles that don't have these kind of normal puzzle pieces you're kind of screwed with that but you know you kind of try to put it into some sort of organizational thing and then you can kind of dump it all in there and piece by piece you start to fit it together and oh it's just so satisfying And then there's always that last piece, you know, that last piece. You know you're going to be done. And there's a little bit of uh, grief that happens with it. So I know I'm in transition because when I started this last puzzle, which I think was right around Election Day, uh, I knew this was going to be my last puzzle. I knew I was done with puzzling. I knew that if I was going to do it in the future, it was going to be for a different reason. It wasn't going to be about distraction. It wasn't going to be about soothing my anxiety. I knew that there was a shift, a change happening in the world. Uh, No, our problems have not changed. (laughs) They are not solved, but... In my internal world and my worldview, there is some semblance of order and organized, healthy ego stepping into the role of leadership of this country. And was not my first choice. Uh, Biden was not. But given the choice that I had in the end, he was. And there is something about, to, you know, to say about healthy ego, healthy ego strength. Any of you studied psychology or been in therapy, you know that, yeah, ego like gets a bad rap, right? Especially, you know, in the spiritual path and things like that. But healthy functioning ego helps us be adults. This is the adulting we talk about so often. And when you have um, an ego that's more run by a personality disorder, um, like the incumbent president. Um, he really does have a personality disorder. he He really is a malignant narcissist. Um, that is very, very difficult to to be in the room with, <laughs> let alone the room called America. Uh, because uh, those of us who had chaos in our childhood know, instantly what that does to our body and our anxiety levels. So there is a ramping down of anxiety in general in my well-being and in my body. And I know that for those who have who follow him, who believe in him, who are served by his policies, who lean more towards wanting an authoritarian father figure uh, to run their lives, their their God is probably more authoritarian. They are generally more authoritarian. You know, it's it's a, t- a certain level of of thinking. Uh, it's more of what we would call traditional in the integral uh, philosophy world. Uh, they are their anxiety is now ramped up. They're now feeling what we've been feeling for four years, and uh, so I'm, I just want to acknowledge that. So puzzles. Puzzles are going away. I just finished the puzzle yesterday. Couldn't find the last piece. My husband found it for me. It was over on this shelf. I guess my pieces have been showing up on this shelf. I don't know how they get lost, but they do. But there it was. And so I haven't put it in the box yet, but I think that'll happen today. And um, the other thing about transition is just, I've just been noticing in my own personal life, this really kind of awareness around what these last four years have been for me. And just recently, I have been awakened to a desire to write and speak and show up in the world more. You know, part of the reason this podcast has not been regular is I've been very much in an introverted space, not just due to the pandemic, but even before that. Uh, In 2016, I felt it coming on, certainly, and I pulled away from social media. And then in 2017, uh, I had done the last of my solo show. So I knew I was no longer going to be out in the world in that way. And I was pulling away from... My public relationship uh, with my father's fans and being in relationship with my father in public, except for very particular things, mostly, almost exclusively around the National Comedy Center. Yes, that is a plug. Um, But I have noticed this awakening in me to create, to be more out in the world uh, feeling ready to gather what these last twelve years have meant to my life since my father died, and so there's some sort of shift going on here and i and I noticed it in a very physical particular way um if you aren't aware, I will make you aware right now that we are making a documentary about my dad's life. Uh, Judd Apatow is directing, very excited about that. It will be on HBO eventually, but we're in the early days of it. And so they're just, and thank God it's a mostly an archival type of project because during the pandemic, <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> but collect pictures and audio and things like that and video. Um, so they came over to my house, The some production people, and they've been they spent some time scanning. But first, they came over just to look at what I have in my own personal archives still. And in the past 12 years, um, I would open up one of these trunks. I have about two or three boxes or trunks of my father's stuff still that I did not donate to the National Comedy Center. And I would, I have to tell you that after about 20 minutes or so, I would start to get really fuzzy headed and leave my body in some way like just kind of check out and for those of you who have that kind of coping mechanism I think you understand what I mean you know it's like I've left the building basically and I cannot think clearly I cannot handle it feels like there's an energy that is just too much for me to metabolize or something and and, it, and it's just very difficult because I, I I can't be around the material. I can't go through it. I I, I can't sort it. Any kind of my linear, uh, what they would call left brain thinking, just whoosh, <laughs> disappears. And what was so fascinating was, I think it was about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, they had someone come over to just take pictures of what I had. And as I'm opening these trunks... Instead of leaving my body and getting all fuzzy headed, I got really curious. I just, I got curious and I got emotionally connected to it all. And those of you who've lost a parent or a significant other, you know what that's like to be in the presence of their stuff. And that maybe it's that um, barrier or that wall we put up so that we don't have to, collapse into the grief or collapse into the dark void of death or whatever it is. But this time I let myself really engage emotionally and feel the warmth and the love and the deep, deep connection I have with my parents. And I found a diary from my mom from 1962, which is the year before I was born, and was reading the diary and all these little moments that they had. This is when my dad first went solo. And these little moments where they're on the road together and hanging out in clubs and Chicago and Lenny Bruce and just the Playboy matches, just all this really cool stuff. And then some personal stuff my mom was going through and family stuff. And But just, I let myself be in love again. To feel and be in love with the three musketeers. If you guys aren't familiar with that phrase, it's one I talk about in my memoir, A Carlin Home Companion. It's the phrase my dad dubbed the three of us, um, all for one, one for all. And so with that came a deep grounding into my being, a deep sense of who I am, I had spent 12 years really separating myself out and finding my healthy boundaries, kind of finding the edge of my own puzzle, finding the difference between myself and my father. Um, In some ways, setting him aside, taking him off the pedestal, certainly doing that through my solo show and my book, always with love. But Definitely an act of what they call individuation in Jungian psychology. And really s- kind of, you know, in some ways not banishing him, but really like putting a huge wall <laughs> up to really find out who I was separate from him. And and I'd already done a lot of that work before when my mom died in 97, you know, separate from her And so suddenly there was, I'd I'd established such a sense of myself these last 12 years, and especially these last three years, by starting my own business, by donating his stuff to the National Comedy Center, by declaring my individuality on social media There was now a safe way to reunite where I was coming from my wholeness and not some wounded little kid anymore. And so there's been this beautiful (laughs) reunion with me and my parents and just feeling a deep, deep sense of their wisdom and their love. I see them now as ancestors who are here, like in the native tradition, how they um, relate to their ancestors. There's like an ongoing conversation with my ancestors now. And they're not so much mother and father and I'm child, but we are these three who know each other and love each other deeply. And so with that has come this space suddenly to want to create, to want to be out in the world again. And I realize that part of that too comes with this transition with the political life of this country. And like I said, same problems. <laughs> They're all still here. And yet because... Some of my bandwidth doesn't have to go to creating huge boundaries around the one who has a huge personality disorder and is in the center of the collective psyche here in this country. No matter how much I want to block him out, there feels like there is some shift in the collective that we won't have to be taking care of that chaos anymore. It will still be there in other ways, certainly, and that will emerge and evolve in the coming year. We will see how that emerges. But there's something about knowing that there is a functional ego, healthy adult ego in the room again. And that too feels like is giving me the bandwidth is opening up some space a in my body, my body feels more relaxed, but psyche the the well of creativity, the um the energy it takes to create, to make things um, from for me, my writing and my performing comes from a, a very particular place inside of my psyche. Um, I've created a business the last three years. So I have been creating, uh, but that took a very different part of my being. And it was uh, a a very different muscles and and different areas of my life it it took. But now I feel like I can go back into the sandbox of creativity and play again. And so I'm really, really excited about all of that. So I wanted to share all of that because I'm guessing... All of you are in transition too, in some way in your life. We always are. So I love opening, kind of setting the table for all of you to contemplate your own transitions that are going on right now, whether it's uh, you feeling it in the collective, whether through the pandemic or through politics, are you feeling it personally? Are you feeling it through the transition of the seasons? What is opening up for you? What coping mechanisms have you been using through the pandemic or through these four years that you now feel like you can put down and use that psychic energy to put towards something else that is new and wanting to emerge and wanting to be born? Some of you are facing deep loss. Some of you have lost jobs this year. Careers, vocations, relationships, loved ones. Holding the space for that deep, deep work of grieving loss. And knowing we are coming into a season now as we tip towards into December and towards the winter solstice of winter the season of stillness and silence, of the underworld, of death, of Persephone, of that which is unknown, the void. My heart holds so much space for all the loss in the world, so much heartbreak so much isolation and loneliness. We're all feeling it. This is the place that unites us, guys. We're all feeling disenfranchised on some level by life. We're all feeling abandoned, confused, whether it's the environmental crisis and how we are feeling confused and abandoned about the very normality of weather that is gone and is gone forever. Or we're feeling abandoned by the economic systems that keep us disempowered, Or feeling the complete uncertainty of public health and this virus and safety. And feeling cut off from friends and family who have, such, have taken such different positions over the conversation of what's happening in this country. We're all feeling separated, separated from each other and from something that used to hold us all together. And so I invite you in the next few days to connect to that which can really support you through this. Some bigger, deeper source of connection. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's being of service. Maybe it's some version you have of a higher power, or some version, like I do, of kind of the imminent resonant presence of life with a capital L, the awesomeness of life. finding that which sources you, that supports you, that is bigger than you, that is bigger than us. I lean so often into the Native traditions and their connection to land and the conversation they have with Mother Earth and Father Sky. Whatever that is for you, that connects all of us, no matter who you voted for or whether you wear a mask or not, or whether you think we're all screwed by the deep state or systemic racism, whatever it is, there is always something bigger calling us home. Thank you for listening today. I'm excited. I've got my list of guests that I want to reach out to in the new year. I'll be bringing some people onto the podcast. We'll probably have a zoom call, get the octagon table together. If you're interested in some of my work, you can always sign up for my mailing list at my website, kellycarlin.com. And if you're interested in my work, this business I've been building, this vocational calling I have. uh, It's called Women on the Verge, and it is a year-long deep dive helping you find uh, a more authentic, true, and powerful connection to self as you make it through the transition of your life, whatever that is. If you're interested in finding out more about that, you can go to Women. On the verge you can read a little bit about what this program gives you, and if it feels resonant and what you're up for, there's a button on there for you to apply, and that can lead to a conversation with me about where you're at and what you're up to. And in the new year, I will be opening an online space for community for those who not necessarily wanting to do the year long program but who want to be in conversation women who are on the verge and want to be in a safe authentic fun powerful inspiring community where you will be resourced in your own conversations with your own self around being on the verge I want to thank Logan Heftel for supporting this podcast, being my producer, my engineer, my editor, and he is a new daddy. He just had a daughter, sweet little Larissa. So sending love to Larissa and Sophie and Logan as they bring this new light into the world. All right, you guys. Have safe holidays. Maybe you'll see me before the end of the year. Don't know. But if we do, it'll be fine. It'll be great. And if not, I'll see you in January. Namaste, motherfuckers.
1: Wake up. Have you noticed the way that our world is? Check your history. We might deserve this. Everything's funny. Step back and observe this. If you don't Are you woman enough to Create and remake it Are you To believe we've conquered the beasts that we're different are you in tune with the emotional charge of your flag do your convictions ever feel like a drag are you interested in the intentions of your instincts confident in the state of your mood swings? Are you anxious? Are you lonely? Are you afraid of ISIS? Are you chemically rewarded when you experience crisis? If you don't believe it, you'll probably be fine.